You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So I just want to say um, I hope everybody who were involved in Hurricane Irene are okay. It um, turned out to not be as bad as it was forecasted, but still bad because yes. I, I know people who've tweeted, who've said the houses have been flooded and the... Several people did die. It's a bit of a nightmare for them. You know, they're going to have to deal with insurance claims tomorrow because everything in the house is swimming around, so, you know. Is a bit of an exaggeration? No. Oh. Um, I saw photographs this afternoon of somebody's living room, who I actually watch on YouTube, with stuff on video the games because oh. all kinds of things just floating on the floor like oh. like this much water in the in his house so this much like about a, a foot a foot of water with all his stuff floating in it just imagine that's nightmare yeah it'd be we out. live on a hill in the middle of the country not a mountain but a hill in our town so i think we're pretty good even if the worst that can happen for us on a heavy-duty rainstorm is that our basement would get some water in it. Yeah, you know when we say our basement gets flooded. It's it doesn't. Never flooded. <laughs> no. It's got water, some water. Yeah, the it's carpet gets saturated. Yeah. Nothing's floating it's at not, all. It's not no floating, no, no. no. It we, still sucks, so yeah. just imagine. I, I couldn't even imagine stuff floating around it. It'd just be horrible, wouldn't it? I mean, imagine mm. the smell, imagine dealing with it over weeks, trying to get rid of it all. Oh, and Nasty. all the things that got ruined sucks then you have and to people did die and people got hurt and can't replace those things the side of our country is very long and that weather like i just said before you started recording this earth is gonna do what it's gonna do this planet and we're it doesn't give a shit about us anybody who gets all upset because the weather's coming for us it's not it doesn't it's, even know we're here it's, it's just part a rock. of the system it's, it's part of it it is a rock floating around it's got some water on it and that means that it's gonna we're just a pain. move around. We're we just are. we're just a parasite on its surface, messing it with it, <laughs> yes. drilling holes in it, poking it, trying to pretend we can like reclaim parts of the ocean and make it. It's just crazy. It's crazy. No one should die because of that. But I mean, people who plan and you put everybody on the ocean and everybody on the seashore and you think and then you get really. I don't oh know. Oh my god, the weather's gonna tear us down. I Over mean, the yeah. last few years, it feels like Mother Nature is biting back in some way, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of weird things. This year, earthquake. This past I mean, year. Like, this week even, an, an earthquake in a place where they don't really have earthquakes. Um, obviously, that Joplin thing at the beginning of the year, horrible uh, um, tornadoes. Well, the tsunami in Japan was Tsunami first. in Japan, this, um, you know, hurricane. It just seems very, there's a lot of harsh stuff going on. Harsh summers that are like a lot hotter than we're used to. Something's going down. I don't know. I think it's just cyclical. Someplace oh. else on this planet have had the most perfect weather they've ever had in years and years. So you know, it's a big, big rock. All right, then. So it's Sunday, August the twenty eighth. That was the before the show, before the after the show discussion. By the way, weather. Right Correct. before we start talking. Sunday, August the 28th, 2011. This is after the show number 187. The movie we're looking at this week is Hannah on Blu-ray disc. It's a 2011 movie released on Blu-ray on the 6th of September, 2011. So this is an early look. I didn't realize we were so early on this one. Um, it's from our friends at Universal. It's actually rated PG-13, which is interesting. It is, yeah. Because um, there's no sex. It's just yeah, violence. it doesn't feel like a PG-13 when you're watching it. Just to me. Just to me, violent. it feels like an R-rated violent movie. 
Because you're from a very repressed culture where you don't like violence. I'm from America. The, it uh, doesn't phase us. <laughs> the, the tagline of the movie is Adapt or Die. And uh, you're going to tell us what this movie's about. A teenage girl has been raised in seclusion and then uh, has to go out into the world in some extreme circumstances because there is a government contingency, there's some secrecy, and it's a coming-of-age story with assassin built in. Hey, that sounds a little bit like La Femme Nikita. I've never seen that one. It's very similar, to be honest. But uh, yeah, that just sounded a little bit like that. So, uh, Hannah, loved it. I loved it. I know you loved it from the first ten minutes. I, I, I loved like, it actually from the just how it looks from its opening frame. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was something special immediately because I was like, "Wow, this doesn't. It's not very Hollywoody. It's you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something different about this." And I said, as the movie progressed and when we got to the end. It reminded me of something like train spotting, where everything's very deliberately um, framed. Visual, yeah. And coloured, and sometimes even lit. Is that acceptable? And sometimes even lit in a way, um, like a music video almost. I mean, there's, there's occasions in Ooh, this... Oh, I find that to be an insult, but whatever. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's an occasion in this movie where she's escaping a, and uh, they light... There's no reason for these flashing lights to be going down. It's just lit that way for stylistic purposes. Right. And there's a bit of that stuff going on throughout the movie. There's some out-of-focusy things that he does, which I really love because it makes the movie different than your average, everyday Hollywood movie that you see, even though it is a Hollywood movie. Right. Um, I just thought it was special for that. Plus, you know, I really like movies with a female character who's strong. I don't know why. But I, I really, do, but it's a very deep psychological thing you've got going on that you probably don't want to sit here and analyze. I mean, I'd rather watch a, a like Kill Bill or something, you know, some something with a strong female lead. Can I make a quick assessment? Yes. You loved your mother very much, and she passed when you were a young boy. Right. And I think that it's kind of a you do love a very strong, bold. Um, you don't like bitchy, horrible women. In movies, like no, hardcore. Like weakling women, though. Right. You don't like weak, but you like women who take, who fend for themselves and, like, you know, make their own way. And you always do. You love Kill Bill. You, love, you like all those. So I think that's it. I mean, you know. Yeah, I like Tomb Raider. I like anything with, like, a chick who's, like... <laughs> yes, there's sexiness involved, but I think it's deeper. You really get behind them. Like yeah, and this one, this, this one's not a sexy character. No. She's a girl yeah first off who's not in it she's not trying to look glamorous or anything she's just a girl who's you know adapting or dying right right um all through the movie so yeah i knew from the beginning that this was gonna be something really and it was it lived up to the expectations because i you know it's a like you said the director it's kind of like a road movie you're going all over the the globe almost and there's these horrible people in pursuit, which were excellent, I thought. They- I thought one thing that... It's a bit, quite a philosophical movie, obviously, if you dig deep. And you have to dig very deep, but at one point she's explaining to a girl she encounters, a similar age girl, but obviously their lives were completely different. And she says, there are people after me, and they will never stop. And I thought, if you if you zoom out from that in life... And you've raised your kids, kind of protected them, and then they have to go out into the world. In this world, in your life, 
It can be the asshole boss or the dickhead clerk at the store or some jerk in traffic, right? If you put them all into that group of bad people who will not stop. They will never stop coming at you. The assholes of the world will never stop. And I, I, it just crystallized for me when she said that, that if someone's watching this movie and they're put off by the, some of the violence or put off by the theme of this sort of super trained girl, not super powered or anything like that, but just like she's well trained and adept at fending for herself and all that. And they're like, oh, it's a bit violent. But then you just step back and think, you get out in the world. It is like you've just jumped in a pool of piranha. You know what I mean? Like, it really is. And if you live your whole life protected from it all, that's awesome. But it, this movie, to me, was... They mention it, too. It is a coming-of-age thing. It's interesting, because she Kids lives, have to go out into the world. And, she lives a life protected from it all, but very aware of it all exactly. at the same time. Exactly. Been so. trained hardcore to, for whatever would come happen to her. And I, you know, there was... At the beginning... Um, how the pursuit begins. She has to press the mm-hmm. flick this button on this thing. And I, I kept thinking to myself, well, why do they have to flick the button? Because, like, then they won't know where she is. But then I thought to myself, reasoning, um, she's going to come anyway. Yeah. And you're, you're going to press this button when you're ready, so then you can deal with it, right? So, you know. But he didn't give her any other options. He didn't give her any. It other didn't. Options. Not to us. Not I think the option. Saw. I think there was no options for the father. I think the options knows. were they're going to come anyway. We're either going to die or adapt. Right? And no matter so, where you go, they're going to find you anyway. So we need to deal with it at a certain point when we're ready. And then when you're ready, it will begin. And that's I love that. Yeah, concept, I did too. It really. was like a, a, a really nice because, like I said, the first twenty minutes or so, it's this interesting. You don't really know where it's going. I, you know, I couldn't. It wasn't the kind of movie where I was like, okay, okay, he's training her up for something. I don't know what it is. Nope, no. But then when they do show, and and I like the way they unravel the plot of this kind of slowly throughout with these flashback yep. sequences and some sequences with Kate Blanchett, which she's creepy as shit in it. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's got this matronly... Well, she's an evil witch. Yeah, but it's really... Um, She's the kind of evil witch that when you're a kid and you're afraid of Snow White's evil stepmother, that sort of relentless, compassionless... Yeah, she's that, like empty. Deva- like she's she's got it in the devouring of, of whatever was in her way kind of thing and put it into a real person. And she really did. Like, she had the restraint and you had to manipulate and then just full on... Uh-huh. She was. She's always good, though. Another point to mention, this uh, movie's scored by the Chemical Brothers. So it has this... You know, if you're familiar with the Chemical Brothers, they play like it's hard to describe. It's like um, it's electronic music, but it's kind of grungy and mechanical sounding. It's kind of kind of gets sque- me squeaking and squealing. You know, it kind of gets me down in my. It's got a lot of bass in my private parts. It kind of pulls at me that way. I don't know a lot of the beats from the movie and the the way they put it together and the action. It was. I like think it's really. I it's think it's very perfect. Visceral. For oh, the perfect! Yeah. yeah, there's like a that the container sequence we'll call it the music's perfect I mean it, it, it builds and then you know it tells the story the music you don't need I mean yes you need the visuals but you you feel the pace of it just by the music well, then then what you're saying is we're being manipulated heavily by it I feel like it goes with it as she's moving forward the music slowly creeps up behind the action it's, a, it's it doesn't an interesting lead you to the score action. because it's uh not what you'd expect, really. That, I think that's what makes 
I think partially what makes them... I mean, yeah, it's got a unique visual style, but it's also a unique... Because you don't hear that kind of music as a score. You hear usually... Tron has that kind of... Vibe. Tron, yeah. Similar, not same, but similar vibe. Very it's a bit electronic. More, I think Daft Punk are a bit more produced, whereas there, it sounds dirty to me, Chemical Brothers music. It doesn't... It sounds very... Like... Like Nine Inch Nails, like there's noises that you have no idea what they are. And I think they use bizarre instruments or weirdly cranked settings on things. Right. And it, it's, it kind of gets to you. It feels like somebody's scratching an, yeah. the claws down a blackboard sometimes. Or, you know, it's, it's brilliant. I, I, it's one of the things that, that stood out for me in this movie. It's, um, you know, the score is very important. And this is a, interesting, you know, not using anybody else's music. Yeah. Not using classical music, even though there, are, there is a little bit of classical music in here. Because um, classical music, I feel, would have also gone good with this movie. It's got that kind of... Just your standard movie score. But then you'd be like, huh. You know. Yeah, it would not, yeah. Yeah, so this really goes perfectly. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't get the feeling of that dirty grunginess that she is now. And I like how the movie doesn't hide the, it doesn't glamour up places like Berlin. It doesn't glamour up, particularly the one place that she goes to. I don't want to mention it, though, because it was such a lovely surprise, but it's really It doesn't actually glamour anything up. It doesn't exactly. glamour the characters up. It doesn't hide the trash on the ground or the ruddy, ruddy buildings or anything, even when he went down into the underground tunnel. I mean, thing. about as glamorous as it gets is Kate Blanchett. They, she, but Her she's world not, is very glossy. I mean, she's not glamorous as much as well put together. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, her world yeah, is super controlled. Is it's, a, it's the government, you know, even the buildings she's in, when you see her at work, it's very It should have been rigid. put in a really tall building, like an evil castle tower. Well, you know that <laughs> where she's on the buggy and she's yeah. on the phone and there's those weird... That That's just like an odd-looking, like, yeah. very put-together place, whereas the places that Aunt Hannah yeah, is you're just is on the street. Dirty and, like you say, run-down cabin and where she's grew, where she grows up. Um, so, yeah, visually, I can't think of another film that is, like I say, Trainspotting kept coming to mind because that is also visually... Something that's not fully CGI'd up like Tron or something. It also looks cool, but, yeah. I mean, that's all CGI. This is just in-world camera. I mean, in the world. It's And he uses a lot of... There is a lot of techniques he's yes, applying. Yes, the spinny thing got on my nerves after a couple times. And out of focus areas, which I like. Yeah. I, I really like that. It gives it this um, otherworldly thing on occasions where she... Remember when she's spinning? I don't know if you like... Where she's spinning. Where she's got her head out the window, but it's spinning. Oh, no, that one's all right. But it's blurry as well. Like, yeah. I like that. I really like how it looks. Um, what was your favorite uh, scene? Is this a new feature of the show? You never asked me that. Because mine was... I really liked... See, you would say, you know, there's, I don't want to spoil much, but yeah. there's, a, there's a scene in, like, a bunker thing. Obviously, that's pretty cool. But that's not my favourite scene. My favourite scene is where she's in... Um, where did she go to? Morocco. Yeah. And she's first being introduced to... People. Life yeah. and people. And she's in that, like, kind of hotel back room. Yeah. And it kind of... She gets introduced to, like... The television. She's never seen a television, right? Uh, electric kettle. Those kind of things. And it's like this weird sequence of like, I don't need all that stuff. It freaks me out. I just want the simple. Yeah, yeah. And she knows about it. She's been taught all she about it. She knows about it. it. She's she's encyclopedias never... that he's read to her her whole life and taught her different languages. I mean, if you think about it, it's totally manageable. If your whole 14 years of your life, first 14 years, is 
constant learning. learning and no distraction. Survival and learning. Any of us can learn a language in a year if we committed the time to do it. If we had somebody there and you were doing it every day. Now she's had 14 years. She's learned all it looks like seven or eight different languages. Yeah. Maybe functionally, but seems pretty fluid. And she has not been exposed to all those distractions. And so it's not, it's completely conceivable to me. Yeah, because there's a scene where she goes in and uses a computer, and she's yeah. And you said, and you said, oh, you know, dad didn't teach her well about the computer, and and then I thought about it. Yeah, and thought, fourteen well, years dad, ago, fourteen years ago, there wasn't really computers for major for mainstream people to go and look at. So there's one thing though; it's not timed. This movie really. There's a couple cell phones. You get the computer, but it's kind of it's generic-ish. So you could say it's actually a it isn't the timed, is it? Because the yeah. you know, like he said, the director said the bad guys, and this is really cool because like yeah. <laughs> one of the bad guys is uh, like if you lived in England in the eighties, there was a few factions of youths, and there was like stylistically, yeah, there was like casuals, which were the guys who wore like uh, branded sportswear. Sergio Tacchini was a big one. Um, and he wears this yellow Sergio Tacchini tracksuit most of the movie, which is is funny in its own way. There's a bunch of different ones, actually. Yeah, but they're very 80s. He wears Sergio Tacchini. They're very tight tennis shorts, very short. It's this very 80s look. Yeah, for Americans, it's kind of like the the snobby tennis people at the club. That's how they look. Right, with the but sweater in the 80s, around their even kids look stuff. like that. It was right. like a fashion. And then there was the, like... Um, Skinheads. Yeah, who wore like, you know, ar- like uh, army bomber jackets and uh, braces, you know, and, and had skinheads. So he used them as the baddies. He just, styled his baddies that just way. For, yeah. Just because he was frightened of those kids <laughs> when he was a kid. So it doesn't, so it doesn't time the movie. It, um, Excuse me. Sorry. I mean, it does time the movie for me because I'm like, look at these dudes. They're right from the 80s. But it wasn't the 80s because they had no, cell phones. No, absolutely not. Panel and it wasn't like... Um, you couldn't tell exactly what time it was because they were using, like, f- flip-open cell phones. They weren't, like, cutting edge. Nobody was, like, on using a smartphone. And, like, computers were... It was gener- a flat panel. Generic-looking, though, like Dell flat panels. That but it was a flat panel. They so. can be from 10 years ago, right, when they first came but out. But then the TV was, like, a really old, old shitty 13-inch. That's I mean. I couldn't really place... They tried... But it had a new kettle, because that was like a newish style electric kettle, like you could find on Amazon right now. Yeah, like it looked really... I don't know, though. It's kettle. Know, we, when I was like 13, we had a kettle that looked like ours. They've, right. They've never really... They're not really progressed very much. <laughs> that was a good, You like that joke where he says, you know, the English... We'll have, we have the electric kettle for the English because they like to make their own tea. And, yeah. you know, he's in Morocco where they probably have amazing <laughs> tea. Because <laughs> we have to have kettles everywhere. But I do agree with you. That scene... it particularly that that's one of the first people she encounters is also nice. Some of the first people she encounters are the women singing and doing their laundry and then this nice gentleman who's, you know, and I like I mean, how she doesn't know what the world, this part of the world is supposed to be like. She's just referencing it from what Books, she's... Books, yeah. He's so, read her the same stories and the same encyclopedia entries over and over and over. So she knows where Morocco is in the map and what the features are and what the religion is and what the language is spoken, obviously, but she's never been in it. It's like traveling. I can look at pictures of Germany all of my life, which I have, but until I was there, and it's not like all of a sudden you step off the plane and you're like, oh, this feels like Germany. It's like you're there, though, and all around you the people are speaking, and then you see certain flashes of what you've read about and movies, and but you're there. 
And it is totally different. Like, I can capture, like, some things that I don't feel like I ever need to go to the Statue of Liberty, right? I've looked at that my entire life. That one I don't have a desire to. But places, like, she's, you step into a place where everyone speaks a different language. She's obviously someplace that's really hot. And she's been raised in, like, the Antarctic, you know, the feeling of things. I like the, um... It really brings up a very textural, and I don't like to use those fluffy words, but I mean, it is a very tactile movie. It goes you know? all... Yeah, it's different from scene to scene, definitely. Um, it's, you know, especially from, like, the first 20 minutes to the next 20 minutes where it's... Mm-hmm. And then then this hot Morocco and all kinds of weird... I mean, it goes all over the place. And it's cool how it does that because, you know, it's possible to. It's not like, oh, shit. Absolutely. Here she is in this other place. I mean, it makes sense where she is. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's... I can't recommend it highly enough. I can't either. I, in fact, I think it's... Um, yes, it's violent. So if you don't... You know, it's not for but not kids extra. to watch. extra. Oh, well, it is, it's actually. pretty violent. Oh, yeah, that, that fight scene in the... In the um, All of them, really, are pretty hardcore. Subway. Yeah. Awesome fight scene. Very awesome. Especially when he throws the dagger. See, that spinning, I didn't mind, because no, it felt right. Really it was a bit old boy. I didn't want, no, no, I was going to say, I don't want more old boy where it goes along the way, unless it's something really different and homage. But this was like around, and you could tell it was all one thing. And so you knew this had to be, yes, Current. it's choreographed, yeah, yeah. but it was severe enough. You know, the the feeling of it was And it good didn't enough. go on. I was thinking they And they you, grunted and stuff. Did you notice? They were actually grunting yeah. and stuff. I was I thinking think, you hate long fight sequences and this one doesn't last particularly long because he deals with these people fairly I quickly. liked every fighting in this movie. Yeah, because be, the reason being, the people who are fighting know what the hell they're doing. Right. The ones who are going to win the fight. So the fight isn't <laughs> long elongated because they just do their job and they're done, right? So, and this, this particular instance when he's up against... What, eight five. men? I think it's five. I don't know. And he, he can deal with them in like 30 seconds. Isn't that just like a man to turn five into eight? Just like that. <laughs> Are you sure it was not? Yes. It seemed like eight to me. Came from the four corners and then there's one other guy to the right. So that's five. I'll count it later. Okay. <laughs> um, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the action scenes are good. I can't think of a bad thing about it, to be honest. I can't either. I honestly can't because I find everybody is yeah, just there's right. There's some... There's some um, there's a definite, like, homage to Kill Bill. I didn't see that at all. I did. And he, he whistles a song, which Ellie whistles the song in Kill Bill. And it sounds even very familiar, that song. Hmm. I know it's not the same song, but she whistles the song as she's going down the thing to assassinate. Remember? Yeah, but I'm not sure if that's a direct homage The to title that. card, I think, is an homage to Kill Bill. The Hannah... Because Kill Bill also does that. I'm not taking points away from that. Because See, I think you do when you say that. Because it's no, like because he's Kill not Bill original. is awesome. But he also used everything from other movies as well. So, Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, what I'm saying is this isn't bad because I love Kill Bill. And obviously this is a strong female character like the bride. There is def- some definite stuff in here. I think I guess I just don't get it. I think completely different that, opposite That whistling themes. scene where he's banging the thing. It's, it, it's even framed like Kill Bill. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so if the director inter- came I, to you and said... Yeah, I I'd, I'd, I'd actually say to the director, you have been influenced by Kill Bill. Like, like it or not, that is a Kill Bill scene. <laughs> I mean, whistling that distinct tune, you know, in a violent situation, and to, to actually... But the Chemical Brothers wrote that just for this movie. I know, but listen to them both. They sound very similar. But listen... Um, 
the tune, like a, a very simple melodic that you can whistle tune, um, to be menacing as well. So you can feel the characters coming, or mm-hmm. be, especially when he's running around the um, container scene and whistling it as he's running. It's kind of scary because you can feel it coming towards you. He was um, that bad guy is awesome to me. I love him. He was he was the, yeah. He's a little known British actor who he's most people symbol, don't know. He absolutely symbolizes the the force of humans on this planet that will always exist. They're being born right now and they're dying right now somewhere there and everywhere in between. Who are they get pleasure from other people's pain and that's all there is to him. Right? He he gets something out of it. Gets a little cash for doing the dirty deeds, but he thoroughly wants chaos and blood and you know I mean he's that guy and he does it in a way where it's just like he made you creep me out and he didn't even do anything super creepy except the whistling uh, yeah the whistling and when he said he was the sun man that freaked yeah, me out yeah that was a little creepy yeah <laughs> I was creepy. I am the sun man yeah it's not the sun man alright so um the uh, cast of this movie I just put down the main few um, we got um, I don't know how you say her name I did hear him say her name a thousand times and it's nothing like it's spelled because I kept thinking I thought it was Charisse no nothing like that it was like I don't know how he said when he said it every time he or said Sarcy. it Sarcy something like Sarcy I think it is I don't even think it was that because yeah, I, I kept thinking no it's nothing like it is spelled it's two syllables I remember so I think it's Sarcy so anyway, or Sarcy she's the girl from uh, the, the Way Back that we saw recently young girl she's only 17 um, fantastic yeah. job all the way through. Absolutely brilliant. She did, um, obviously, it's a f- very physical role, and she took that every perfect. second. And the emotion, too, because there's an element to her character that is revealed as you go along. You're like, you're thinking, yeah, she's experiencing everything for new, but there's a bit of, even one person says, there's a detachment to her about her interactions with people, and you get to understand why, but she does that. Brilliantly, it's she's not when sappy. She's, when she's, she's on the date with the dude, calculating like that. everything every second. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that shows the side a side of her that she doesn't really get fully. She might have read about it exactly. Whatever, it's you know. I had a good time. <laughs> I'm going to go now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she said I liked it. I'm going to go now. <laughs> so, um, Eric Banana is Eric. Don't be disrespectful. He was very good. He was actually really good in this. Um, I don't generally... Well, the the Hulk left a sour taste with him for me. But there again, I've really liked him in... um, What was the... Steven Spielberg movie? Munich. Yeah, Yeah. awesome in that movie. Another one we've seen with him, and I don't know the name, but it was really good. And I thought by now that Hulk would have worn off you, but... Hulk, no, it sticks him. It's hot. And it wasn't... The Hulk wasn't because of him. It wasn't bad because of him. It was bad because it was just bad. Right. Mm-hmm. CG hadn't progressed enough at that point. No, when... Obviously not the Edward Norton one. He was the Hulk in a movie Edward before. Edward Norton I liked. The Hulk. Yeah, the original Hulk. Ang Lee's the Hulk. Ang Lee's, yes. Yeah. Wasn't the original? I don't even know if, Ang... I don't even know if it was Ang Lee's fault, because he's obviously a good filmmaker. I just think they just F- dropped the ball completely yes. on that one. It was just a mess, wasn't it? Really bad. I don't... Maybe I have to see it again. Maybe it's... No, it's not, is it? Because the Hulk looks like a rubber doll running around. It's bad. It is bad. Uh, and it looks so much better in the new new one. So yeah, he does a really good job here. He has to do some interesting accent. Yeah. I don't think he slips much. No. No, not at all. Plus, remember, he's been away for 14 years from people. And and hers is only from him. And yeah. she is a good German 
Interesting, because she's accent. Irish in real life. Exactly. Um, and then Kate Blanchett plays Marissa. Yeah, it's Kate Blanchett. She's intense as shit in this one. <laughs> not like she norm- she's not usually normally like this. This is pretty intense, right? Menacing, yeah. Yeah, and she's she's a bit, you know, she's a bit like Hannah. In like Hannah has to you know, get away from them, but she's driven in there trying to get to her the same way, though. I mean, it's really, there's some evil shit she does. Mm-hmm. And it's like... And and she's relentless, that's all you can say. Yeah. And she she's right when she says, there are people who want to hurt me and they will never stop. Then I really at- love that scene, the flashbacky scene with the car and her. Yeah, I felt like, to be honest, it was a bit early. I didn't want to know that part of the story yet. I was a little, I like the that was scene. the only... I mean, I like knowing that. Yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. great. And it was kind of, obviously, you get, okay, this woman is serious shit right yeah. here. I just felt like it sort of opened up that a little too quickly to me, but then it didn't matter after about two more minutes, so. And um, the bad guy, Isaacs, was played by Tom Hollander. We talked about him earlier. Just with British twistling. And- yeah, and uh, Jason Fleming's also in here, who you would know from uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah, uh, and that woman we know too. She's been Yeah, you do. Uh, I looked her up. She's been in lots of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, As a lead actress. Yeah, she was in a TV show in America recently. Um, the kids were pretty good too. Oh yeah, I like that they were known as well. I knew them... There's lots of menacing things that happen to all sorts of peripheral people. And I like when someone that. comes along that you're like, okay, this is a this sounds like a real this is a movie movie watcher thing. Like, okay, these people are really famous. What's gonna happen? What are they gonna what's gonna happen to these yeah. people? I mean they just pay, play a couple who are travelling around and she makes friends with the daughter and stuff. I really like that really the daughter good. is kind of like the opposite of her as MTV a MTV generation kind of cell phony. She's so saturated yeah. with the world. That even traveling jobs. through Morocco with her family is just nothing to yeah. her. All she cares about are the Spanish boys and uh, how hot she is. And so it's like, a, yeah. a, it's like a weird relationship, even though they have a decent relationship together. Yeah. But it's this weird... Hannah could never get her, because she doesn't know that, that world at all. She's not taught that world. It's like the girl is completely saturated by the world, and, and Hannah's like, up. well, never... No. It'll never soak into her like that, so it's good. Yeah, and then it does break off where they go on this date to try and... Be girls? Pull those two worlds together, though. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily uh, work properly. Um, Directed by Joe Wright, and it's interesting because this movie's nothing like his previous two movies. Previous two movies were The Soloist, which was... um, I don't think you saw... Mm. I I didn't see it either, it has been reviewed on our site, but Squiddy reviewed it. But it's uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jamie Foxx. And oh, yeah. Okay. About a viol- uh, yep. celloist or something. Yeah, um, that, he did that one. And he also did Atonement, which was nominated for an Oscar a few years ago, which is a period piece with Keira Knightley, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, very this similar to this movie, because uh, this is an action movie. Um, but it makes me want to see them. Yeah. Because of, not that it would be the same, but that somebody handles something like this that certain way. How would they handle something else? I would be very interested to see. Yeah, um, I think the direction was excellent, and whoever. Then was again, there. after we saw Ang Lee's Ice Storm, we were like, "Oh, Ang Lee's making the Hulk." <laughs> yeah. And we saw that. But then he out. did. Then he did Brokeback Mountain. True. Um, which is. So you're saying all directors have redeeming? Yeah, they might fall off the wagon every once in a while. Ang Lee's got no bad films apart from the Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah. I mean, what else does he do? Um, Flying Dagger, Hidden Monkey, whatever it's 
<laughs> what, what is it? Do you it? have a way of being disrespectful? I don't know what it charming. is. I can't remember. Monkeys, something more? Flying no. dagger, hidden... No daggers. Hidden trees. No. What is it? I'll think of it, just keep talking. Oh, you don't know it? I, don't, I, know, I know it, but I don't know it. I, I think it's flying dagger, hidden monkey. I think I'm right. No. I'm not looking it up. Because that spoils, spoils things, doesn't it? it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, so um, DVD extras... Um, or Blu-ray extras in this case. I really liked the Blu-ray transfer, by the way, and the sound... This movie is all about sound. In fact, everything's kind of... Um, I say I turn it down a little yeah. bit. It's pretty loud. But um, like the Chemical Brothers say in the extras, they wanted the sound of the movie to meld with the music even. Like like even this... What did he say? Music and just sound going on. There's a... It's not very indifferent. It's similar. Right, he takes the beat of the beat of the sound effects and like the ambient sounds of the city, and then and he starts makes to them cha- into a beat. turns it into the beat of the music. Yeah. You and you definitely notice that oh, throughout yeah. the movie. Um, it, it gives it this otherworldly feel, uh, along with those visuals where he goes out of focus and stuff. So, Blu-ray um, extras. We have Adapt or Die, which is um, like a featurette about her training that she needed to do, and um, you know, Eric Banner's training. Um, she did a lot of physical training. So if you're into watching... There's always a guy on the set who's like a... Martial arts, arts expert. Training. But interestingly, he had to make it so she didn't look like she was doing martial arts. She was just doing some kind of raw it. fighting style. Um, the central intelligence allegory, which is... Um, yeah, it's about them just talking about... It's actually Kate Blanchett talking about um, her process. Yeah. Um, chemical Reaction, which is an interview with one of the Chemical Brothers. I found it really interesting because he, he talks about his process. And yeah. they've, never made, they've never done a film score before. So he talks about how it was refreshing for him to be given a scene and like make it... You know, use their music to make it. He didn't want to say, oh... I will just write some film music. He wanted to say, no, this is Chemical Brothers music in a movie. Right, right. But specially made for it. You know, like, Trent Reznor was an unlikely person to do music for The Social Network. Flying Dragon, Hidden Tiger. Dragon and Tiger. Flying Dragon. Is it? (laughs) Anyway, Trent (laughs) Reznor... That's all I'm fixated on now. Trent Reznor was an unlikely person to do music for The Social Network. And when you listen to The Social Network, it's not like Nine Inch Nails music, but it is kind of as well, right? It's more refined Nine Inch Nails music. It's not all out... Yeah. It's glossed up a little bit. And that's what this is like, kind of. Because I've listened to a lot of Chemical Brothers in my time, and it's like the Chemical Brothers doing a film score. You know, they they can't be all out rave, techno. They have to... You know, piece it to the to the imagery. So I really like. And they're not when they make music. They're not just making all out rave. T- they're they have a reason when they're sitting in front of their equipment, a vibe. They're in a mood. They want to do happy. They want to do depressing. They've just watched some shit about the world, and now they want to put that in their music. It's all emotional, right? It may not sound that way. We're on a dance floor in the middle of Spain, but I mean, it all comes from a place. And this is just they've given them a theme for each song or for the whole song and it's interestingly enough you don't get to see the chemical brother he's just on the phone so uh you, is that you, one of their things like the no it's not but in this movie I guess they couldn't get him in the studio or whatever they just got him like over like punk what are they called the French daft punk yeah. no they're not like that you've seen the chemical brothers um the wide world of Hannah 
just shows you it's it's really brief. Yeah, very I was brief. disappointed a little bit. It's about the locations they go to, but it's a bit too brief for me. Um, there's an alternate ending, which isn't an alternate ending really. It's like an epilogue. I said. Yeah. It's, um I liked it. Like an extension. I'm glad it wasn't on the movie. To be honest, I like how the movie ended. Yeah, me too. To, with the title card. Um, deleted scenes. A few of them. None of them necessarily. Oh, one of them explains. She goes on a computer. At oh one yeah. Point. And when you're watching the movie, you feel like I, I even felt like. How is she? I mean, she picks up the mouse awkwardly, as like somebody who's never picked up a mouse, but she still figures that out. Right, and I was watching it. it thinking, "All right, she already had somebody come and show her." Obviously, yeah. I, well, this, I, I actually thought that this scene then, actually shows you a person showing her how to use a computer. Yeah, real brief, brief. But it was right. I mean, to me, it was fine without it because I think she's resourceful. She knows what she's doing. She has asked other people for. Of other things already, she would have come in, ask someone for help, and now she's looking up. Yeah, the thing, I mean, so. you don't just walk into an internet cafe and some, and go to a computer and use it. You would have had to pay the person, uh, yeah. ask for the the ticket, you know, whatever you do to. So yeah, you just miss that section. Um, it didn't really matter. No. Just in the movie, it did dawn on me. I was like, uh. the reason I I'm glad it wasn't in there is because at this point in the movie, everyone is menacing. And even that guy, because he's right next to her, I would have been thinking, oh my god, yeah. is, he, is he like one of the bad guys? Is he going to like go o- over to his cell phone and say, like, she's here, we've got her? You know what I mean? Everyone seemed... And I wanted a little break from that while she was... Because <laughs> like, even the magici- magician guy, I was a little on the fence. Oh my god, is he good? Is he bad? Is he... You know what I mean? Every person all of a sudden becomes very dangerous to you. And so I'm glad that they... Because uh, that guy got really close to her as well. Then you've got Anatomy of a Scene, The Escape from Camp G, and if you're familiar with Anatomy of a Scene, it's a TV program that breaks down a scene in a movie, and that is on here. And feature commentary with director Joe Wright. Um, Which you will probably listen to, won't you? One thing I've noticed recently is a lot of Blu-rays are submitting the DVD now. You don't get the DVD anymore. You just get the one disc, and it's got the digital copy and the Blu-ray, but the DVD is being removed slowly, I've noticed. Um... Which I'm not... They've decided for us that we're done with DVDs. Yeah, I'm not entirely happy with it because you're still paying the same. And yeah, the, but you don't used, use a DVD. It used to have a DVD and now it doesn't. How is that value to you? Well, there are people who... You. What? How is that valuable to you to have or not have a DVD in the box? To you personally? Would it, is there a case nowadays I would watch a DVD over a Blu-ray? Probably not. So for you it makes no difference? <laughs> really? If we're talking naughtiness about ripping it and putting it on my hard drive, ripping the bl- the DVDs easier, mm, true, and less space, you know, because we do when we get DVDs. Sometimes we put them on our home theater PC because, first of all, it's easy. Some movies I want access to at any moment, any time, without having to go down. That's why find I have Star Wars and stuff on there. <laughs> exactly, I, you know, I, Groundhog Day, which we watch every year. So to me, that's not naughty. That's like it's mine. It stays right there on my hard drive, and it's for me to watch. And, and we have the original. It's, it's in not, our base, yeah. exactly. But no, I'm just talking about, like, at any. you don't have a personal DVD player. No. We don't have a DVD player left in this house, I don't think. Yeah, we do. Regular DVD player? Well, all not Blu-ray player. players play DVD. I know, I'm saying, but we don't have a DVD player anymore. Yeah, the, I mean, X- our, the Xbox is the... I know, but we don't have a DVD player, like, sitting in there by the television anymore. I actually have a HD DVD player sat in there. That's right. Um, well, that's behind I even the times. Have a, I even have a Blu-ray player in my PC now, so it's not like I... Exactly. W- really. um, but, to be honest, like, this digital copy, I'd rather... 
not have that and have the DVD. Do you know what I mean? Because the DVD I can at least use for something. Well, can we use the digital copy? You have to put a code in and a year it expires. I just hate them. Oh, right, yeah. Might not watch it for a year. I, I might... Even if this sits on my shelf for a year, the digital copy expires. How about if it sits in the store for a year and then I buy it? It's totally it. And <laughs> exactly. What they do is they re- they redo the packaging without the digital copy after a while, so you just don't get it anyway. It's right. a limited time thing. It always says limited time only. Um, anyway, you get a digital copy. There's also BD Live, which we all know what that is. And there's a Pocket Blue app, which we all know what that is. You can control it from your iPad or your iPhone. Um, I really liked the transfer... And I really like the sound. It's a good Blu-ray. Um, I recommend this movie. I think you should get it. Highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, that's everything. Uh, Not for that one guy though. You listen to who has a problem with female heroes. He just can't believe women should be. Yes, that guy. No offense. That guy's guy. probably gonna not be excited about this movie. He's um, got. You know how your issue is? You dig a strong female character. He's the opposite of you. So something in his life. Has turned him into I like any movies with a strong... I was just thinking, Jackie Brown. I love Jackie Brown. Yeah. That's because she's a strong female. I, I love Kill... I think Tarantino loves strong female characters yeah. also. He must have my syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, recommended. Highly. Uh, and uh, thanks to Universal. And next week's Blu-ray review will be win-win on Blu-ray. And uh, I was going to say that will be early. It'll be early for us, but mm-hmm. it you will be getting it at the same time. Um, right. You won't be around next weekend, so we're going to record that during the week. Um, so if it's not as topical as usual... Right. If anything happens right. between Wednesday and Sunday... You, you won't hear it in that time. podcast. But yeah, win-win on Blu-ray. That will be next week's review. Um, movie tagline fun. So movie tagline fun is a feature we do every week where you challenge me, or I challenge you, to guess a movie tagline by its tagline. Guess the movie from the tagline. So what's the tagline? The tagline is. Oh, and if you want to play along, just when she said it, pause it. Because you might get it immediately. Come up with some good guesses, and you then I'll guess two out of the however many we've right, done. Do and it. I've, I've guessed zero. Lay it on me. Okay. They're not just getting rich, they're getting even. They're not just getting rich, they're getting even. Is it a heist movie? Hmm. Questionably. Uh. I wouldn't say that that is the genre, no. You wouldn't? No. It's a comedy, isn't it? Yeah. It's not Brewster's Millions. I'm no. close. Brewster's Millions. Oh, no, no. No, that's where Richard Pryor dispelled $31 million. All right, my guess is Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> no, but that's a good <laughs> guess. Wouldn't it be Ocean's like 14 or something where they're I now getting even with someone? I don't know. I think they're doing another one. I think they are. You really don't know it? No. How exciting. It's trading places. Duh. Oh, that's close to Brewster's Millions. I wasn't giving you anything on this one. Because <laughs> I thought, I'm going to say it, and he's going to go, I was actually, oh, I that. I was no, actually no. thinking around there. Do you know what I mean? Around those movies. And yeah, it's a comedy. But yeah, I tried, to, I tried to play that on the lowdown. Right. Excellent. excellent. So very wrong for me. Yeah. Trade right. Place is awesome movie, by the way. Yeah, and it is on Blu-ray. Movie recommendations. <laughs> Listen to you. Ever the salesman. Movie recommendations this week. I am going for one... Leon, the professional. I have said it many times. It's one of the greatest films ever, I think. Um, fits alongside this movie quite well. 
if you like, a strong female character who mm-hmm. is an assassin of some kind. Um, my other one is Kill Bill, obviously. <laughs> and my third one is Run, Lola, Run, which <laughs> also has um, similarities to this movie in the way music and editing... A little bit frenetic at times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I got the feeling of it a few times. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Th- that kind of soundtrack... I think used in this in a Run Lola Run's really Run good. Lola Run, strong lead female character. Correct. Um, very good movie. Uh, it's called Lola Rent. I believe it mm-hmm. is a, a German movie. German. Uh, yeah, I, I actually have it on Blu-ray. We should German watch it or again. Austrian? I think German. I think it's German. We should watch it again. I've got yeah, the Blu-ray. I, I picked it up when it was four ninety-nine. The Blu-ray in, a, in an Amazon. Daily and the Run Lola Run is Bourne's first woman. Correct. It is, and it's, it's really excellent. So yeah, they're my um, movie recommendations, and that's if you watched all four of those together, that is an awesome. <laughs> that is an awesome. That's an awesome women's I weekend. Think, I think you'd actually uh, be mind blown after all four in a row. It's hard to go back. Yeah. To your traditional Bond esque. Yeah. Or whatever kind of man leads the way, man's the hero kind of flick when you have options. You know what I mean? I yeah. think. And mine are again Fifth Element. She may not be the lead lead, but you get a woman. Another awesome, amazing. Exactly. Yeah. With the look and the... I'm, I'm, a, I'm hooked on Seth Elmer. So that's two Luc Besson movies. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Salt, which I think is a surprising one for me. I actually... But I really liked it. I think Salt was fantastic. Um, it was I, the last movie we did last year, and the end of the year, and I'm not a huge Jolie fan, but the the movement of it, it's pretty dynamic. You go lots of places. There's lots of good fight scenes, again, that I didn't have a problem with that it I remember. It was surprising. Um, yeah. There was two different versions on the Blu-ray and, like, very different versions, not yeah. just... Yeah. Um, and the one we saw I really liked. Uh, and they're doing a sequel. It comes out next right. year, or the year after. And I have a third one, which is... I was trying to think of another one where it kind of mirrors a young person... Being basically thrown to the dogs of of a society or of a culture, you know, where you have to grow up real fast because the assholes of the world are bearing down. And Gangs of New York came to mind. And I don't know why, except that Leonardo DiCaprio is a young boy, father's dead, and then he's sort of put in this very harsh world of that... What period was it? Elizabethan time? Turn of the century. Yeah, Victorian. Yeah, yeah, because the... And is is put in a world of viciousness and hardcore eye for an eye, dog eat dog, dirty world, you know, and then has to sort of find a way to rise rise up in it's it. It's a really awesome movie. Unfortunately, on Blu-ray, it's really shitty. Apparently, it was Isn't one it? of them ones that they didn't transfer properly, and they've never redone it. So I wouldn't recommend getting that and wait till they do a special. Surely it's ten years okay, old. Can you just watch it on DVD? Well, if you were going to buy the Blu-ray, I was saying. Um, I'm saying if you just want to watch the movie. I was just reading it. I was, I was. Lo- it was, it was really cheap on Amazon the other day, and I was like, "Gangs of New York." I don't actually own the Blu-ray. I might get that because it was cheap, cheap, like four dollars. And then I read all the things, and everybody was saying this is like one of the worst. But you didn't movies. see it yourself. Well, I looked at all kinds of uh, specs and screenshots, and it was. It's literally the DVD but, on a Blu-ray. You know, you have that thing. I don't. I don't give a shit. If I want uh, to watch the movie... I, wouldn't, I would wait. I'm not the... saying don't watch it on Blu-ray. I'm saying I just want to watch the movie. It doesn't have to be perfect and Blu-ray and all that right, shit. Right, we know that, but... Well, I'm well saying, they don't I'm, know that. I'm, I'm saying that's why I would say it's a good movie. I'm telling the, the people out there, I'm just warning them that the Blu-ray of Gangs of New York is subpar. Right, and I'm saying don't wait for that. Just run it on DVD. And I'm saying if you want it on Blu-ray, <laughs> wait for a... 
I mean, it must be a 10th anniversary or 15th anniversary coming up. It's got to be. It's, it's getting on a bit now, right? It's got to be at least yeah. 10 years old. It would have been shortly after Titanic. Uh, no, I think it was 99? when I first... Yeah, it was around then, probably. Right, that's, yeah, it's more than 10 years. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Hmm, one that they missed, maybe, for the 10-year anniversary. It's so good, though, my God. So that's my recommendation. Francis Ford Coppola, right? Um, yeah. Even features a U2 song at the end. <laughs> Which was surprising to me, because I was like, oh, a U2 song doesn't seem like... Im- a lot of movies do that. But it's- Celine Dion was on the Titanic, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it- Did that not Actually, you? no, it does, at the very end of Gangs of New York, it shows you the new New York, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It pans up and there's New York now, so mm-hmm. that's when the music starts. Um, and it has changed quite a bit. It is a really amazing film. Um, so, Games and A Scully stuff this week. Not been playing very much, to be honest, apart from uh, Do Sex... Human Revolution, which you saw some of, me playing Dusex Human Revolution. It's the sequel to the original Dusex. It's actually a prequel to the original, we'll say Deus Ex, because that's how you're supposed to say it. Um, I really like it. It's like a, the new one is like a cross between Mass Effect and... Splinter Cell, maybe? It's like it got a lot of stealth gameplay. It's your this guy. It's a weird future where things are slightly different. Uh, there's this thing called augmentations, which you can buy from, you know, you have them implanted on you and you can be better at certain things. You can have a bionic arm or a bionic eye or a, even things that make you better at certain things just implanted into you. Like, uh, I want to be a good helicopter pilot. Well, there's a helicopter right. pilot thing. So it goes that far, you know. And then there's factions in the world. Some who agree with this, some who don't. Some who think it, you shouldn't be messing with the human genome and all that. You know, just leave us as we are and don't. So it's like a political slash sci-fi. It's got a Blade Runner-ish vibe to it, the way it looks. You know, it's uh, what I like about it is the story. The story is really, really strong and good. What I dislike about it is. If, you, if you've seen screenshots of it and you think it's a first-person shooter, it actually is not anything of the sort. In fact, the shooting is kind of horrible. It's really janky, not very good. So don't think it's a shooter and go in thinking you can just fire your guns and have some fun because everything's kind of like um, math-based. So it's all turns and throwing dies and in the background. So when you shoot a gun at somebody, it's not like you're playing Call of Duty. Like, oh, look, I aimed the gun at the guy and I shot. It's like... There's stuff going on behind the scenes going, okay, what's his stats in accuracy and what's his stats in this? And what, and that determines whether the bullet will hit or not. So if you're coming off something like Call of Duty and you think you're going to shoot the guys and it keeps missing, that's the reason. So I don't like that. I, I think shooting in a game should be based on your skill as whether you can aim at the guy, right? Not just like some random stats. It isn't random though, right? It's so that you or get stats better. that you've bought, yeah, and paid money for, you know. I don't like that. So that I you it don't money for. What do you mean? You know, your in-game currency to buy that. Okay. So what I have um what I determined about 5 hours in was okay, forget that they're shooting. I'll try the stealth route. And I won't shoot people because you can literally go through this game without shooting anybody. So I went that way and I was having more fun. So I was creeping around, I bought some augmentation that makes me go invisible for a little amount of time so I can sneak past people. (laughs) That is a big augmentation. (laughs) So that was when I started to have fun. So what I'd say is, yes, there are guns, 
yes, you can shoot dudes. But that's not where the fun is. The fun is in the other stuff. Right. So um, think about that when you're playing it. But the story is really strong. I, I think... Say I've played Deus Ex, and this is the prequel to Deus Ex, so I know what happens to this guy at the end. But I don't know the particular... How he got where he... How exactly it gets there. So that's where it's interesting, because I'm seeing things... He's reading things that occur later in emails and stuff, which is interesting. You're like, oh yeah, that's something that happened eventually in Deus Ex. But this is the dawning of that. So yeah, it's really cool. It's a good game. It's an origin story, but you already know the end. Correct, which is weird a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've also been playing some more Age of Empires Online. Uh, I recommended it last week. I still recommend it. Pay the 15 bucks, get the um, advanced civilization. You won't regret it. It makes the game much better. And then talking of these free-to-play games, in fact, this leaks into your um, section here. Don't be leaking into me. In fact, I'll leave this off mine. You carry on with your section and you bring it up. So what's for dinner, Sid Tom? <laughs> that's out of, out of the blue there. What is for dinner? Mushroom and rice, which is what my mother introduced me to at her house a couple weeks ago. Like a risotto thing. Oh that's what God. I see it as. Yeah, you don't cook it like that, though. You just cook it like rice, but you start with a little bit of oil, brown the mushrooms up a little bit, put in the rice, let it stir around a little bit, eat the mushrooms, and then put in vegetable broth only. But this time I add a little bit of um, almond milk because I'd like it. It's almost a, a little bit like Chinese. Then you put the lid on it and you just let it cook. I don't stir it. I don't add it. I add a little bit of water at the end because it was kind of running out of... It was soaking up all the stuff. And that's it. I didn't salt it or anything. And it is amazing. It's so super delicious. Because the mushroom really soaks into yeah, the rice. So totally. it tastes a And lot I use jasmine rice, which I've figured out in my own perfect way how to cook it with the right amount of liquid and the right amount of time. Other rices, I am not successful with. So, <laughs> my mom used, I think I told you that this week, mushrooms, yeah, you minute rice, vegetable broth. And this time, I kind of adjust. So that's what we're having. And then we're going to have some stir-fried tofu with some vegetables and some cucumber salad. Thank it you sounds, delici- sounds delicious because I am very hungry. Sounds and smells and tastes delicious because I had a bowl before. And we what started. game have you been playing this week? None. Oh, you mean you mean Words with Friends? We mentioned on Facebook? it. We actually mentioned it at the end of last uh, Words podcast. with Friends. I've been playing a lot of. Got a lot of friends who like to play Scrabble on Facebook, but it's called Words for Friends. And my the last twelve years, I've played a game called The Sims. Which you've definitely heard on this podcast. Yes, we talk about. It. I'm pretty. Pretty religious about Sims 2, not so much. I skipped from Sims to Sims 3. But now there is The Sims Social on Facebook. I've been playing that. I'm torn. I love the Sim element. I don't like the social element. I don't want to count on anybody. I don't want to depend on anybody. But I like coming to everybody's house and see their house. I do too. Because it's truly that's telling. My, that's my favorite part. It's truly like you're going in. You get to arrange everything yourself and all that stuff. And some people go, oh, why would I want to watch myself pee or whatever? Fine. Don't play it then. But I come to your house... You get a distinct style. You can rearrange all your rooms and your house can be a different shape. And you go to anybody, all the ten people on my list have a yeah, totally different house. They do, don't they? Yeah. Even though there's, a, there's a, a, just a finite amount of objects. Oh, yeah. It's there's still a lot. But your own personal style just yeah. comes right out. Yeah, because um, I've noticed when I go to women's houses, men's houses are very functional. There's a computer and a television and a chair. Always a television. Women's houses, when you go to the women's house, there's... A table with a lamp and some towels on a thing, and a, it's more. Men don't think of that stuff. 
Yeah, you got the towels on the table idea for me. You're like, oh, I did. I like, I like that. Yeah, but I would never have thought of that, right? And I, really? And like it doesn't even occur to you? No, it occurs to me that I have a shower and a, a sink. Where you're looking through the stuff and you're like, oh, there's a little pot of potted plant and it's got some flowers and I've got space on the end of my desk, so I'll buy that little thing. And I've been to other people's houses and seen, oh, well, that's an interesting arrangement. I'd never think of that, and then gone back and tried it and went, oh, I really like it. You know, so yeah, people have ideas, and yes. it's like. You take on them ideas and go, well, I'm not going to exactly do that, but I, yes. that's an idea for me. And it's me. limited, and yet it's kind of unlimited. It's limited by what the game has to offer and what you can do, but... They're adding stuff, uh, it seems. They've added stuff already, new yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, it's going it, to... Don't, don't pay them any money. I mean, I might put $10 into it eventually. If I get to where it's not fun anymore... It, I don't see the... Um, I don't think we should feed those machines too much. I, I don't like it so much, really, to be honest. Um... I love Wars with Friends because it's just, just what it is. Well, you're not paying for a game, right? Correct. It's a, this is a game that you might end up playing every right, single day. but if you day. spend money that you earn at your job on shit that's nothing, it's virtual nothingness. Yeah, but I buy video games. They're virtual. Yeah. But you buy the game and you play it. I'm saying I'm just given... I don't even own that game. I'm nothing. I'm well, just no, paying like, for a... Like party. Age of Empires. I download it. I pay $15 or whatever. I've not got anything physical. I've just got some data on my hard drive, right? Right, but you... You can, no matter what, you can play that game. If they decide to take down the Sim Social, right. if yeah. I've spent a hundred dollars, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. If in six months they decide, well, well I, actually, no. If Age of M, if they decide to take that server offline, I, I can't play anymore. That's true. So you know, it's just while it lasts, I guess. Yeah. If you get enjoyment for it, I still say don't pay any money for it. Just play it, and then when it's not fun anymore, stop. Well, I'm I'm in the camp of if you don't pay any money for it then it won't succeed or carry on like because they do have to pay for it in a way but other pe- people have other things to pay for when they have a life and they go to work i guess if you don't they pay have to for buy it, food somebody and a mortgage will. and they have to buy things like it's actually electricity. really it's actually really telling because i go to some people's houses in the sims online uh, the sims social and uh, you can see that they bought a Lots lot of, of things, stuff yeah. with real money because there's certain things you can own a fireplace for example you can only pay real money for there's several people on my list who have fireplaces, and there's some who have two fireplaces in different rooms. So they've paid money, right? Yeah. So people do pay money for these games. Uh, I just feel like it's for nothing, so it doesn't, it doesn't intrigue me at all. Now, I have purchased Sims games, but that's... I, at any time, I can put them in my computer and play them, and I will. If I put it in and start, you know me. I'll have I'll take my laptop everywhere I go while I'm making supper, next to my bed before I go to sleep. I will take it with me to my mother's so that I have an hour before I go. You know, I will play it and get lots of enjoyment out of it, but I've paid for it and I can take it with me. And I feel like those games, they're just sucking money out of you. Like, you work hard for your money, you know. Some of us, I don't work hard like digging ditches, but I'm saying I make an effort to be committed to going to work. Well, some people think, well, I work hard and this is what I enjoy, then I pay for this. Right, and then a lot of those same people will turn around and go, well, why do I have to spend so much on gas? Well, they're, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose. I don't know. I just feel like it's draining If you on pay $10 on The Sims Social every now and then, and you play it every, every day, now and then, yeah. get lots of fun out of it, I see, it's, I'm it's of it. better value than going <laughs> probably going watching a shitty movie and paying 20 bucks for it. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not thinking like you. I'm thinking of people who sit there and just, they run out of that $10 keep and they put another $10 and another $10 yeah. and another $10 and another $10. There are people and like, then they turn around and they haven't paid their internet bill and they haven't paid for their mortgage and they haven't paid for their food, you know? There are Mafia Wars people. I play Mafia Wars on Facebook. I've done for a, over a year or more, two years maybe. Yeah. And there are people on there I've seen in the forums who have spent over $10,000 on No. Them. Yep. That's impossible. They've played it 
for five years since it started, they buy credits every week. They, in fact, they buy them in the gas station because they sell cards. I've seen lots of people like that. You, the, you're telling me that's worth it? No, probably not. Probably not. Well, that's what they do. How, well, what did the other? What could that ten thousand dollars have done in their life? In their real yeah, exactly. life? And they, they say, um, no, I, I, you know, and they're the people at the top of the leaderboards, and they're like, no, I just want to stay at the top of the leaderboards. Yeah, and for what? It's nothing. For nothing, no. It's really nothing. Think of what they could do for themselves or their family or people that they love with that money. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's not. You can't even win anything, so it is kind of. You get. You get. Oh, yes, you get enjoyment out of it. I do, too. That's the only thing, isn't it? But I have to balance my pleasure but and my But I get enjoyment out of Mafia Wars, and I pay nothing. I just yeah. play the free part. I've never put any money into it, ever, and I've played for two years. And you, So you don't need to, because I still get enjoyment out of it. I like fighting with people, and, you know, I don't know. It's whatever you think of this free-to-play slash microtransactions um, scenario that's going on. It's not going away. It's actually what is Just happening. Don't let it. Don't let it drain your money because you're getting nothing. Put it in perspective. Like for example, I had my family reunion last weekend. I've got a class reunion coming up. Right. These are things that I spend money on because it contributes to an event, a shared um, day, memories with people that I care about or that I want to know, my family, I sp- we spend money on the food and spend money on the decorations and it becomes an event, like a, a like a fixed thing in your life that you can look back on, you look at the pictures, you had an interaction with people, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, te- it's a tactile thing. I guess some thing. people have different... Yeah, but then if I'd spent, if I spend my constant money on bullshit, like stuff for my phone or bullshit, like put hundreds of dollars into I some online game, I know, but listen... It's bullshit. But if I do that, then it turns around and somebody goes, oh, we'd like to have a family reunion. And you go, oh, well, that's going to cost a lot of money. I don't have any money for that. Well, yeah, you don't because you just blew it on nothing. Are they hillbillies? That's not hillbilly. That's an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Hillbillies aren't all idiots. That voice is somebody who turns around and pisses and moans because they got no money for what I consider like a, a real fixed thing in life. And yet they will blow it on buying tens of thousands of DVDs. That they put in a warehouse somewhere, or they put in st- shelves somewhere that they will never watch or never watch again. But they like to look at their hoard <laughs> and like get like pleasure out of it when they turn around and they may have family or friends. What they could have been using those resources Hold on to now. engage with. Hold on. So or better themselves or say something. I go to the movies every week and spend twenty twenty dollars on watching a movie or two movies or a maybe one <laughs> or a buy a Blu-ray. As a couple? When I buy the Blu-ray, I have something. When I go to the cinema, I don't. Just the experience for the hour or two. So which is the best? Uh, If I want to watch movies. (laughs) To be honest, at this point in my life, $8 a month for Netflix is the best scenario for that. Right, but you get nothing for that either. You get cheap, that's what I'm saying. I'm balanced. The cost of my... Yeah, but that's not the whole heart of my argument here. It's balancing the costs of the resources in your life. For your desires, for your little pleasure button to get pressed, for your little luxuries to get you, let you escape from the world. Balance that with real life, like how much you need to spend on your bills and your rent. And if you have to, like, renew your driver's license, your car license, all that shit, right? You've got to balance it out. And for me, $8 a month for streaming movies on Netflix, I can watch endlessly or I can watch one a month. And I'm still fine with the $8. Because I will get a load of pleasure out of that. Would you be happy if that was $20? Price. 
I don't think I would go to 20 now. For a month? No. Because some months I don't utilize it, and I'm still okay with two or three movies or two or three episodes of a show. I still feel like that $8, I can... that. Feels like a good balance to me. That starts. I don't have an expensive phone. I, don't I actually think eight dollars is the magic price for that service. Ten dollars at the max. I think when you go over that, um, it's, for people like me, it's not worth it. I think for a lot of people, it wouldn't be because uh, I can find other ways, cheaper ways, to get to movies or watch movies or get the enjoyment. I, First of all, we have a thousand movies of our own. Already. I think that's when they um, that I didn't buy, by the way, all of them. <laughs> I think that's when uh, they. You know, when they did this new thing where you either you have to subscribe to the two plans, a lot of people I just saw on Twitter immediately say, I'm not paying $15 a month, I'm, I'd rather pay 8 so I'm cancelling the disc. That's what I did. So that happened. So it's a good, your question I answered by my actions, I didn't want... But they're the same spend. people who say I bought three Blu-rays today when I see them, so... And I don't have a problem with, if you go to work, right, and you have your own money... And you have your monthly things that you require to live your life or take care of your family or interact with your friends or just keep your own self sane. Fine. That's fine. And then in addition to that, we have, if we're lucky enough, to have a little extra money or a lot of extra money on our fun stuff or our creative stuff, whatever. It just has to be balanced. I'm sorry, but I've listened to some of the people that you watch on YouTube and stuff, and they have begged for money and cried about not paying their rent, and yet they're doing their 1200 no, I've heard like three different people comment. I have about that they couldn't pay a bill, or they need help with their rent, or they're gonna lose their apartment because not they don't say it's because of this, but they have thousands of DVDs, thousands of video games, tons of collectibles. So, how did we go from the Sim Social to this? <laughs> because that's it. Enjoy it for what it is, and when it runs out, I will not be putting so loads of money. What's your review it. of it without money? Is it fun? I think it's fun, but it's limited to me because of the social aspect. Right. Social aspect is exactly like Mafia Wars. Yeah, that's so, what I didn't like about Mafia Wars. And I have a lot of people... Now in The Sim Social, I've got 50, 50 neighbours, right? I've only got 10. It's not so. going to be hard for me to get stuff with those 50 people anymore. So the social aspect... And see, the process of me having to go to your list and pick out those people, or you recommend them to me, and then me making them my friend, and then I just find all of that, to me, is a pain in the ass. I want to just play it and have access to everything. Right, then you just play your version that you already bought, Sims. Right, but I want to still be able to go to your house and right. look at your house. I don't necessarily want to depend on you. I actually think it's better than The Sims Online, which was an older game that they... Oh, yeah, totally. Because that was more like you just grind and, and chat, chat with a speech bubble to people. This isn't that at all, No, is it? no, You no. can't even chat to somebody. Yeah, I would like that better, to be honest. I if think I, they're just saying you can bring up a Facebook chat if you want to chat to somebody while you're playing. I hope they implement. This would make it more fun for me that if you and I, even though you and I are in the same room, but let's say I'm at my mother's and I go on Facebook and I go into Sims and there's something that pops up in the corner that says, you know, A. Scully is in his house right now. Do you want to go visit him? Then I go to your house, and we are both physically in your house at the same time. Yeah. And our actions and interactions are live. The first time I that. went to your house, and I it was not what I thought. Right. You just I, have a little bot there, basically, of yourself. I was actually surprised that that's the way they did it. I maybe don't know why. I think maybe it's less on the server. or I can imagine yeah. it would be harder on the server, because it's like a real game if you've got real-time people chatting in. Yeah, but you do that on Call of Duty all the time. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's a real... Like, the supply servers, the whole thing. I mean, it's a... Okay, then, people, please spend hundreds of dollars on the Sims. <laughs> so I don't have to, so it gets better. <laughs> All right, so anything else? 
Uh, yes, what was that next thing I put on there? Let me get my glasses on. I just thought of this today. And it's going in line with what we were just saying. As people, as humans, and maybe even every creature, I don't know. But if we don't get what we need, you know, food and water and shelter, we just, we simply die, right? Correct. If you, if you don't get food and water and shelter and you get diseased, you die. If we don't get what we want, like, I want more online games, I want more money, I want more gold, then we're like relentless, um, greedy, we're like a disease. We just go and go and go and go until we get what we want, right? But some people are never satiated, and then what happens? They just die anyway. So sometimes, that's what I'm saying, balance the needs that you have to get in, done in this life Trickle away. Oh, or just buy what you want. You're gonna die anyway. You're gonna die anyway. But you become a leech on everyone else when you just suck off of things because of your desires, not because of your needs. If your needs aren't being met, that's a whole different story. But most of the people I know, their needs are being met. They just don't have enough money to go get them an iPhone, and now their whole life's gonna fall apart. And they don't have enough money to pay their eight hundred dollar truck payment because they wanted the newest truck and now their child support payment's going too high. It's just all this bullshit, man. Like, the the desires we have for more fluffy stuff, you have to bounce. And I wasn't always this way. My 20s, I couldn't give a shit about my electric bill or my rent or anything. I got bed credit as a result. I was a leech on anything anything that came along. I was not my fault, uh, you know, and now I'm different. I've balanced it out partly and think to you, even though you now sound like you just think. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're, the, you're the devil's advocate yes. on this. But that's what I'm saying. Balance it all out. All right. And then you're going to die anyway. <laughs> and that's the meaning of life. That is pretty much. Enjoy it while you can, but don't be an asshole. I think that's my new catchphrase. I don't think it's as good as the other one. Uh, all right, that, that, you <laughs> Do you have any more questions? No. So thanks for listening to the show. Um, you will get, uh, I was going to say, we, we need to say less so we can have more for the next show, which will be really <laughs> shortly after. That'll be all right. We won't have done as much in between then and now. That's true. We'll have to do, a, I'll be making a lot of banners and stuff. I'll talk about all that. All right, so I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitart.com. You can catch us on anywhere on the internet, is Twitter, yeah, face, Twitter, Facebook. Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe via RSS, use Google Reader, whichever you want to use. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk because uh, she couldn't care less. <laughs> and I want to say... Um, I can't care more. I think that's my problem. I, I was going to say Stay Classy, the young actress from this film, whose name I cannot pronounce... Um, Excellent. Excellent film. But instead you're going to say... That is what I'm going to say. Oh, you said... I, I was going to say the name. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself, everybody. If you want to spend your money on Mafia Wars, fine. But I'm just telling you now, somebody else gave you that idea. So think for yourself, or somebody's going to do it for you. <laughs>